0: You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. And everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about.
1: You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys
2: are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they
1: thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true.
2: As we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now,
3: nah, that's also a Second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't like it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? <laughs> yeah. did, it, did it again.
4: When in the SEC, probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do
5: you know that? Well, how about them fucking dog?
6: <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast.
7: Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast, presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bretton. Go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Bows on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer?
1: Hey buddy, how are you doing today? <laughs>
7: <laughs> I'm doing alright, Shane. It's been a wild one here in the SEC, but um, I'm not the one that should be worried. How are you doing there? <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, a lot of these coaches,
1: they, they say, Hey man, we, you know, celebrate this big win. We're going to, we're going to celebrate 24 hours and then we're going to get back to the grind. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, as soon as that Tennessee game got, got started there, the, I think about the second pick, third pick, I don't know, 10th turnover, one of those. I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and implement that 24 hour rule now, Mike. I'm going to go ahead and get the hell off Twitter, mute my notifications, <laughs> and just and just find myself, man. I was so damn pissed. I I mean, it was. I had to remove myself from social media because I didn't want to say something I would regret, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad I did because there was a lot of a lot of tweets I didn't send out yesterday. So, but anyway, Mike. Um, you know, my lock of the week, I made money, you know, I get that. It's it's fantastic. We're in the upside down. Shane's making a little money. It doesn't make sense. Everybody's confused. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know what to do. I think South Carolina fans owe you an apology (laughs) here. No, I did. I got. Hey, I will say this. I got a lot of South Carolina love thanking me. I've got a lot of Georgia people hating me. Um, I've got Tennessee people said they'll talk to me. You know, what I mean, we, there, there's all kinds out there. I mean, it, it, it's hard. Um, it's it's been a rough weekend, Mike. It really has. I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm I've been kind of down. I've I've been hurt. I was hurt, man. I was hurt. I get so emotionally invested in these games. And and I and I'm sure a lot of fans can relate, you know. You just you just ha- you, you have such high expectations for your team, you know? Mm-hmm. You you watched them, it's like kids, you know, you you watched them grow up, you know, that you watched them go to school and and it's just like my kids just dysfunctional. <laughs> you know? It's like I did everything right, but my kid just can't, can't, you know, just can't win fucking games, Mike. We can't win football games, but um, we got a lot of, we got a lot of games. I mean, we could talk about me
7: all day long, Mike. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Yeah, I gotta be honest, Shane. I was getting DMs left and right, but uh, this is the first time. Most of them were just wondering where you were at. So.
1: I got a lot. I, I got on the next day. There's a lot of search party texts and tweets, and I appreciate all listeners, you know, reaching out. But you know, the funniest, the funniest tweets, man, was some of these guys get, that got these new koozies. <laughs> <laughs> and like, "It's I'm owing two since I got this koozie." So I don't know if the curse is being spread or something, Mike. But uh, it's out there, man. But i will tell you, uh, there was a lot of great games. Um, you know, mine didn't go the way I wanted it to, but there was a lot of, a lot of teams, a lot of fans that it fell exactly the way they wanted. Ollie, I'll tell you this, man, Ollie couldn't wait to send me his address. He was one of the bourbon <laughs> bets, man. I was like, damn, too soon. Ar-. You know, he's digging up my old messages and everything. I was like, That's-. I said, like, you know what? I, I just can't. I, no, I'm not going to do this. So 24 row rules up. I'm, I'm better. I'm a new man. Uh, I'm ready to talk
7: about football. All right, well let's do it. Hey, we got a little intro too before we break down these games. Let's recap this Week Four action, Shane. talked
8: about
9: it all week, playing for something bigger than yourself. That was evident. We wanted it more. We played for something bigger than ourselves.
8: And I'm gonna
9: tell you, he gave us a great talk this morning. We haven't won here. I'm tired of that fucking shit. We haven't won here. Oh,
8: no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple things. Hey, told you before we walked out of the locker room. Leave no doubt! You yeah. understand yeah. You know what? If you continue to fight your ass off like that, we're gonna win a bunch of ball games. Alright, that's number one. Number two. We won this game on Tuesday in team run. We won this game in Tuesday on Tempo! We won this game in Tuesday and Wednesday on one minute! That's where we win ball games! Keep working your ass off, leave it turn out!
10: For the Razorback Nation, I want to call the damn hogs as a team.
7: the big game of course you know big intro there because of the our big tennessee homer there but uh, the biggest game of all undoubtedly alabama whipping up on georgia 41 to 24 and here's another one shane and i both picked georgia to win so just <laughs> a little kiss of death right there but you know this was a the only thing that I didn't care for this game, Shane, I mean, CBS acted like this was the damn Super Bowl, spread this thing out to about four and a half hours, it seemed like, kicked off at eight 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 Eastern, ended around midnight. Uh, it was too damn long, but besides that, I mean, it, this was like a championship bout. I thought both teams kind of came out a little, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but they didn't show up with their A game initially. Things really got Going here in the second half, or excuse me, second quarter, but you know, while Mac Jones had another outstanding performance, 417 yards, four touchdowns, Najee Harris had a big game. Of course, these receivers for Alabama had a big game. I think the biggest story of this whole game is Alabama, their defense showing up and shutting out Georgia in the second half. I never saw that coming. You got to, Georgia had the lead at halftime, and here they got blown out. So.
1: Dude, I'm gonna tell you, this game. I it was a game of in- inches, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at uh, some of Stetson's interceptions, just right off the fingertips of receivers, and it was just uh, there was and now there was there was some. It was just like a little mistake, like Waddell when 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 he had that touchdown. I mean, if the guy didn't fall down, mm-hmm. you know, it could have been a different situation. The 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 questionable pass interference. In the end zone, mm-hmm. uh, there was just there was just little things throughout this game that made the score wind up the way it is. But I'm telling you, man, these two teams once they got going, they were back and forth, and uh, we we got exactly what we paid for. And uh, it makes you wonder, it you know, if or when uh, maybe these guys meet again, are we going to have the same outcome?
7: Well, here's probably the most ridiculous stat of the night, Shane: seventy 73- three. No, I'm sorry, 76 plays, right, for Alabama. hmm 33 first downs <laughs> against, you know, this defense we've been touting up for a damn year as, you know, maybe the best defense ever. And they they given mm-hmm. up 33 first downs on 76 plays. Yeah. That, that's kind of the story of the game. And, you know, I thought this thing, it, it wasn't over at the time, but you mentioned it, that Jalen Waddle play where the guy fell down and then he just took off. Yeah. That was the go ahead for Alabama and it just I believe if I'm if I'm right there that kind of felt like that was ball game. You know because in yeah. a in a game like this you were saying where it's a game of inches and then all of a sudden you just surrender all this momentum and they get and Alabama's just right back in it. You just can't have that stuff happening and that's I know the the margin of victory here is pretty large, but that just seemed to be the defining moment of the game for me where you know, if you, if you flinch for a second, Alabama's going to make you pay. And Georgia just flinched a little too many times in this game. Three turnovers, that was critical in this game as well. Stetson Bennett seemed like every time he tried to go over the middle, the pass was deflected. Uh-huh. He was uh, – I my favorite joke I saw online was, Zeus needs to – pick him up, put him on his shoulders before they throw that football. But it was just that kind of day for Georgia's offense in the second half. Couldn't get anything going. And like I said, I think the biggest story is just Alabama's defense, the one that got shredded against Ole Miss. You know, they came up tall in this one, and that was the difference.
1: You know, there's something else. There's a couple takeaways I had from this game, Mike. Uh, One was big plays. We saw you know they dominated Tennessee when they played last week, but there were still a handful of those 50-50 balls that they threw up and we got we, and Tennessee came down with a touchdown and now they're playing a team like Alabama with even more talent and even more weapons. It's just they gave up way too many just big plays and uh, you, that I didn't think we would see that during this game. I, I thought that the the few mistakes that they made the week prior, they would have fixed going into this game. But there were some times, man, that Georgia's secondary was uh, was confused, didn't know what they were doing. So mm-hmm. the, now as – and we're talking nominal, man. I mean, we're nitpicking. These are two of the best teams in the country. And like I said earlier, these two could play again. And I, I, I can't tell you with certainty what I think the outcome would be. Let me ask you, Mike. I like the, I like Stetson Bennett. I do. I, I like his story. I, I, I love what he's done through the first few weeks. But, I mean, to beat teams like Alabama, you know, there's a reason that he was fourth on the depth chart. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong. I think Stetson can go to a handful of SEC schools, mine included, and, and be the starter. Not no problems, but with this young receiving crew, you know, I, I just think they need someone else uh, to to take the reins and and make those. I mean, you've got to be you, you almost have to be perfect to beat a Nick Saban team because this was a well-balanced team, both sides of the ball. Uh, but I was very impressed with how good this Alabama defense was coming off of last week. So, I mean, they tweaked some stuff, man. This wasn't the same defense I watched last Saturday. Mm. And it just felt like Georgia didn't have an answer for it. And I, You know, I don't want to blame one or two people. I know I've kind of already blamed the quarterback <laughs> here. But I really liked what I saw from some of these young running backs, Cook and Milton, you know, even Zeus. Uh, had a you know he was he was productive when he got the ball but um, I like to see some of these other guys get a little bit more involved in the backfield. What do you think,
7: man? I mean, well, I mean c- certainly Stetson Bennett didn't have a fantastic game, but I don't think he's costing them games either. I think it's the other unit you hit on. I think it's the receivers because I don't see anyone stepping up. I mean George Pickens still a solid player. Burton's having you know an. A, a good season, emerging season and curious Jackson also mm-hmm. emerging, but I don't look at any of those guys outside of Pickens and say, you know, this is a guy that could take over the game. Yeah. Whereas Alabama seems like they got a handful of, them. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know what I mean? And I think that, that was the difference. And
11: uh-huh.
7: one other unit that I forgot to mention that uh, really deserves some praise. We already knew they were good, but going into this matchup, I, I thought the, the key to the game was going to be getting pressure on Mac Jones.
11: Mm-hmm.
7: And Georgia got home immediately on the, I think it was like the first play of the game. They hit him pretty good, and, it, and that was the interception. Mac Jones throw, his only one. But beyond that, I mean, the offensive line, for the most part, was outstanding for Alabama. So I think that they played a huge, huge role in getting this win for Alabama as well. God, how
1: much offense did they give up? I mean that just blows my mind. That I mean, just
7: five hundred seventy-four yards. Jeez, I just I didn't think that
1: was going to happen going into this game, and I'm sure there was a lot of fans that were right there with me. Uh, this this Crimson Tide team, buddy, I'm telling you that that may, they may be the one. This may be the year, um, unless unless some of these other boys pick it up. I just it's going to be, they're going to be a tough squad to catch. I mean, the, the weapons alone, Mike, mm-hmm. they, you cannot, you can't double anybody because there's another one right there. That's just as good. So, uh, this was an impressive game for Alabama. If you were, let me ask you, cause I did want to, we were talking in the off season. Remember we were ranking the quarterbacks. Now that we've been through, you know, four games, where would you, where would you rank Mac Jones
7: right now? Quarterbacks in the SEC. I'd still put them behind Trask. I think Trask has been great. Mm -hmm. Corral, I would put ahead of him going into this weekend. Obviously, I think that's changed after we'll get to that game in a minute. But, I mean, Corral's been phenomenal. Mac Jones is probably that next guy, though. I mean, he's right there. He's been that impressive. Mm
11: Mm-hmm.
7: Now it's kind of the same deal I've you know he's surrounded by so much talent but at some point you got to can't knock the guy for what he's yeah. got he's he's making the most of it he's not making mistakes he's putting the ball where it needs to be he's getting it into yeah. the in the playmaker set there's been trust me there's been plenty of quarterbacks that were surrounded by good players and couldn't get him the ball so mm-hmm. yeah Mac Jones is probably number 2 for me right now in the SEC
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably right there with you. I think, I think it's a one a one B right now. I think, I think Trask, I'm going to give him the edge, but I think Mac is, I mean, he's definitely proven that he's, he is elite talent and perfect fit for what Alabama is trying to do.
7: Mm -hmm. Well, let's kick it over to uh, coach Saban. Shane Uh, talked about the defense, making, you know, the the adjustments there in the second half on his outstanding receivers. And then the guy we just talked about Mac Jones, on the type of season he's having for Alabama,
12: uh, outside of third down defense, where do you think the defense was better from the first half to the second half? Well, we got turnovers, we got a couple
0: stops uh, on third down, uh, which were critical. Uh, they moved the ball a little bit, missed a field goal, uh, which was huge. So I think we did a better job executing. Um, you know, we 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 have to be able to adapt to different things that we see in a game. Um, you know, the play they scored the big play touchdown on to number four uh, it was a new formation something we hadn't seen we should have bumped the safety out i didn't do it uh so the linebacker ends up on a guy that's you know really a fast good player even though he's a running back um and you know we obviously that guy hadn't practiced doing that very much so um we gave up a big play but So there's just a lot of things like that, that we got to get all 11 players executing and doing what they're supposed to do so that we don't have these mental errors that um, just keep sort of haunting us a little bit. But we did a better job in the second half of not making as many errors.
12: Nick, a lot of teams would give anything for one of those receivers. What's it like just to have three of those guys in your hip
1: pocket at any given moment?
0: Well, I, I think that um, trying to cover outstanding receivers r- really is a difficult task. Um, you got to have a really, really good secondary. You got to have some really good guys to match up. Um, so uh, that's been an advantage for us. It was a huge advantage for us last year, um, and it's an advantage for us this year. So, um, but to be able to make explosive plays, Uh, with these guys and their ability to convert on third down people have a tough time you know covering them man to man uh, which is a good thing so um it's great it's probably the strength of our team Uh, we've got a lot more experience on offense good offensive line good runners uh, tight ends played well for us tonight so um these receivers are special yeah, just what do you think that Mac uh, proved about himself tonight against this sort of defense, especially after what happened on the, the first play of the game? I, I think you know Mac. And what happened the first play of the game wasn't Mac's fault. Uh, he got hit. Um, we, Smitty beat the guy. I mean, but I think Mac did very well. You know, he stayed in a good place. You know, he had his eyes in the right place most of the time on most of the reads, and uh, he played really well.
2: Yes, Coach, I wonder how uh, your return was created by the team. Uh, that was an emotional situation and how it worked into the game.
0: Uh, and I also really appreciate, which I said earlier, the fact that the players handled the disruption without an issue. I think that's the big thing. So it was emotional for me to come back today. Uh, I think they handled the disruption really, really well. Um, I'm not sure me coming back today. I think they were ready to play this game, whether I was there or not. Uh, I told them when I got sick, I said I hadn't made a block or a tackle or caught a pass for, you know, about 40 years now. So um, whether I'm there or not, you guys ought to be able to go out there and take care of business. So, um, uh, and I was really proud of the way they handled all that.
7: All right, Shane. So Coach Saban's got to be pretty fired up to see his defense mm-hmm. kind of rounding into form here against such a elite competition here. And, you know, it was kind of like the Nick Saban story where we didn't think he was going to show up and he, he made a miraculous comeback. So did the Alabama's defense in this game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very true. Uh, And it's kind of also what he says about the receivers. I mean, that's, that's probably the one area you're looking at these two teams. I'm trying to think where that there's just a massive mallet, a massive gap between the two. there's not many, but it's probably that receiving core, wouldn't you say? For sure, for sure, absolutely. but it I still
1: think that this is a fantastic defense and effects a fantastic secondary and, and you know a lot of those guys are going to be playing on Sundays. and I don't think the talent gap between them. As is as large as maybe the if you're comparing the wide receivers on both sides of the ball, it's just they they just got outplayed, man. They got outworked. They got, I mean, it was a mind game out there, and you and you can hear it from the coaches. This was a chess match, and just Saban had a few extra few extra moves, man. And Kirby couldn't, you know, he didn't have an answer for it, especially in the second half. It just it blows my mind that that there was no. Offensive production after the the halftime. I, I thought the game was was deadlock, and um, I thought at, at, there for a moment that Kirby Smart had the upper hand, that he was he was playing ahead of Nick Saban. But uh, I'm telling you, they, they 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 got it together there at halftime, and there there was no slowing them down for sure.
7: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, so let's you know shift the focus to Georgia here. This is the third game in a row against Alabama where they've held the lead at halftime. Obviously, the national championship game with with the two a switch and then the SEC championship where the Jalen come off the bench. <laughs> and now this one. So, man, it's just kind of in heartbreaking fashion time and time again. And this is a little bit different story than, than obviously those other games because this isn't time to – throwing Georgia into a grave here. I mean, their season, everything's no. still ahead of them. Undefeated yeah. in division play. They're still going to be favored, I would think. I'm not saying they're they're automatically going to beat Florida, but I, I would assume they're going to be favored in that matchup. And if they win it, they'll more than likely see Alabama once again here in Atlanta. But how, you know, the, the, something kind of Kirby- I think he was kind of full of it when he kept talking about this this week, but he kept saying, you know, those other games are not on this team. It's not on, you know, every, every situation is different. Every year is different. Now it's on this team. You yeah. had Alabama where you wanted them. You let them off the hook. Not only did you let them off the hook, you got dominated in the second half. So does that affect the psyche of this team? And and I know this is going to be pretty bizarre to ask, Shane, but because certainly Georgia fans wanted the win here, but – Maybe, I mean, what are the odds you're going to beat Alabama twice? You know, it's almost like if you get them again, they're going to be they're going to be thinking they can whoop you, and and it's going to be an easy game. And I don't know if you're going to see Alabama twice. I would almost rather lose the first one. Yeah, because it gives me more motivation going into the second one. Uh, I I don't know thoughts on that. Well, it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, Al, you remember that?
1: What was it? Was it Alabama and LSU? Yes, you remember the Alabama LSU Sabin was down there. Mm-hmm. And, and then they they ended up losing during the game. Right. But but then they met in the national championship and it was a, a different outcome. I just think mm-hmm. these these guys know each other now, and if they get the opportunity to play each other again, you know, obviously that there's a lot of factors into that, but if they do. I just I don't think we're going to see the exact same game. Clearly, I, I think these guys, they they know what they're good at, they know what they're not, and when you get to practice against a team like Alabama or, or Alabama gets to practice against Georgia, don't think uh, Saban didn't learn some stuff tonight. There was uh, this this was a this was good for both of them. They both still are in the captain seat. Uh, long as they went out they'll be playing again they could i mean there's even a chance both of them make it to a college playoff it wouldn't that wouldn't blow my mind either so mm-hmm. uh, yeah this was this was good and something they needed and and I'm kind of glad that it is you know just week four in so that way we got plenty of time to to repair and you know fix what was wrong because uh, there was a panf- there was there was a lot of mistakes. Uh, on both sides of the ball and, and mainly on Georgia's defense. I just, I can't believe this was the same defense I saw dominating Tennessee and the same defense. I've never been so sure, Mike, that's, that's the thing going into this Saturday. I was so sure of my picks. Like I, I couldn't see <laughs> a way that Georgia wasn't going to make this a ball game and probably win it. I, I just couldn't see it I, because of everything. The way they kicked Auburn's ass, the way they kicked Tennessee's ass, it was just like, these guys are here. They're legit. And then you see Alabama struggling with Ole Miss. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. No, but you could just throw it all out, man, because when the competition gets tough, man, it comes down to coaching. And, and you know, we make fun of the – you know, has to beat the assisted record. But there's a reason, Mike, because he's still undefeated
7: against them, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, speaking of that former Saban assistant, let's kick it over to Kirby even, real quick.
1: Even kicked, <laughs> Saban even kicked coronavirus' ass, you know? Like, <laughs> ain't nothing slowing this man down.
7: <laughs> Kirby talking about Alabama having so much uh, success against his defense on where the Bulldogs go from here. And he even talked about Stetson Bennett here. And uh, that's kind of the highlight I thought I wanted to ask you about on the other end here.
3: Defensively, what were some of the, the breakdowns beyond just the amount of talent and, uh, at the quarterback and wide receiver position for them?
5: Well, I thought they made several several explosives you know, start with a, they ran a bubble wheel where they throw the bubble out there and they've got waddle as the, the bubble guy and everybody's worried about him and Devante, uh, slipped by our star and, and, caught a touchdown on a bubble wheel. It's actually a play. We ripped and uh, we gave it up for a touchdown to the scout team. And then they, they, they beat us with it. Uh, they rocket motioned out of tray formation and hit us on a, a, a double move shot to waddle. Um, and did a good job. Uh, they made a couple really big throws. I mean, you think about the third down they've got down there in the red area that we're going to get off the field and we get a P.I. on Stokes. And then Stokes had Devontae really covered well. I thought it was a great throw and a great catch. I mean, you know, when you when you play man-to-man on those guys, you got to be able to get the ball out and make plays. And I thought Devontae Smith played really big uh, for them tonight. He he, he caught a lot of 50-50 balls as well as Waddle. So give them credit.
6: Kirby, y'all been in this position before. You've been in this position before. How do you balance,
4: you know, for lack of a better term, freaking out with just staying the course
8: and getting back to Atlanta?
5: The same way we do when we beat Tennessee and Auburn. You know, we're honest with the players. We're going to show them what they did well. We're going to show them what we didn't do well. And we're going to work to get better. You know, I'm a big believer after wins or losses, you got to be here. You can't. You can't listen to the noise. So is there things we got to work on? Absolutely. Is there things we got better at in this game? Absolutely. We just played a really good football team, all right? And uh, we didn't play our best game, and we turned it over three times. Um, I thought we did some good things in special teams. I thought Jake Camarta was a weapon, and uh, we got to get better. I realize that, and that's on me, and that's my responsibility, and that's what we're going to do going forward.
2: Uh, yeah, it kind of two questions here, Coach. One,
9: it looked like obviously Aziz got there early and forced that first interception. That The pressures didn't look like they were getting there much after that. Was there a lot of blitzing in hindsight? Should you blitz more? And two, the, the crazy schedule change. How much does this turn you guys upside down in terms of next week versus
5: the following week? Yeah, I don't think the schedule does much. It doesn't really change anything. It just, you know, gives us a week to recover now as opposed to, you know, before – a week would we recover before Florida. I mean, we just got to play a really physical, physical Kentucky team first, and then go play Florida. And Kentucky is always one of the most physical teams in the league. And as far as the pressure, I agree with you. We 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 pressured probably as much as we always do. We didn't get as much pressure as we always do, and that has a lot to do with their offensive line. And there's probably been some guys running open like they were tonight in other games, but we got there. If you know what I mean, like tonight and I got to watch the tape because I don't want to I don't want to judge that. I didn't think that we converted to pass rush really well. You know, we were hunkered down trying to stop the run. And when we did pressure, it didn't get home. and, And the kid made some really good throws. I mean, look, guys, he's a really good quarterback. And it's not mobility. It's protection oriented with seeing every coverage in his career. The guy's seen a lot of coverages and he's got some really good vertical weapons.
2: Uh, Kirby, you mentioned this a little bit, but Stetson tonight, and particularly that third interception, how much of that do you think is just you know, him trying to do too much, and how much can he learn from a game like this you know, when, when mistakes like that come about?
8: learn a lot.
5: You know, He just said, he said, I, I tried to do too much. I thought I had to make a play there because we were down, and he was pressing a little bit. I, I'm, I, I'm not as frustrated with the throw as I am him aborting the pocket and leaving the pocket. He actually ran to where the pressure was, and he broke a tackle. Um, But he, he ran to where the pressure was. You can't do that. You got to step up in the pocket in our league and be able to make throws down the field and he's shown he's, he can do that. Uh, he just didn't do it on that play. But, you know, the other two interceptions weren't weren't all his. You know, I have to watch the batted ball and see where he was going with it. But then we had another, you know, that went through Jermaine's hands and got out on us. But ultimately, when you throw the ball, you know that those things can happen, just like for them. You know, if we could pick one of those passes off, we had a couple drop picks, and I thought that if we pick a couple of theirs off, the game changes.
9: Hey, Kirby. Three games in your career now as a head coach against Alabama where you have a lead going into halftime and in all three of those games you end up losing the second half. Is it just execution in the second half or is there anything to that?
5: Don't really know. You know, I think it has a lot to do with the players, calls, uh, execution, combination of a lot of things. But I do know this, if you turn it over three times in the second half and they don't turn it over any, you're probably not going to win, you know. And uh, that's what it boils down to is – you know, putting guys in position to make plays. And they made more plays than we did in the second half. So I give them credit for it.
7: So, Shane, you kind of even hinted at it, and I've seen a lot of fans hint at it. You know, Stetson Bennett, is it time to move on from them? Based on what Kirby had to say, you know, obviously he had yet to watch back the game when he made these comments here. But I don't think at this point they're going to be moving on from them. I think they're still – trying to buy their time to wait for JT Daniels to get back. But even when that happens, I don't know if you can expect JT Daniels now that, you know, I didn't know he was going to be this injured, I guess. I don't know what is the word there, but, you know, he's going to be rusty and how much time has he been getting with these receivers? I mean, I got a lot of questions about that whole situation. Now I thought, you know, he was good to go based on what they were all selling out of Athens, but certainly doesn't sound like JT Daniels is, you know, that close to being 100%. So, I don't know, until that happens, and it may not even happen this season, I think Stetson Bennett's your guy because, yeah, he had three turnovers, but, you know, there was a couple tips and and stuff like that. Like, I just don't think he's killing them. I think, I think they need these receivers to step up is what I think.
1: They uh, Well, maybe not just receivers, but weapons. Uh, I, I think we saw a little bit of that. He just needs more help. And, mm-hmm. and I thought maybe we we're going to see it. You, you know, Cook had that that huge reception for a touchdown mm-hmm. uh, later later in the the half. There was an opportunity that he was just sitting there wide open. Uh, you know that you got to find your playmakers, and you know clearly the defense is they're all, they're all over pickings. They know he's the guy. So I, I can't fault him. But when there's more coverage on one guy, that should free up someone else. And, and that's what we got to have, man. And, and it surprises me that it's not one of these tight ends. Uh, it's not one of these receivers. It's just uh, I, I like that they're getting the running backs more involved in the passing game. But he just needs more outs. He needs more outlets, more safety nets. And and that's something you see with Mac. It, it's he's really good with his pro- progression you know he's looking for one or two players but he's also got a backup plan it seems like all the time he he's really good at checking down and getting positive yards that's what we want to see from Stetson uh we we can't afford to have negative yards we can't afford to have boneheaded interceptions yeah there's some that were the receiver's fault but there was there was a lot that wasn't and there was a lot of passes that were uh you know we were lucky that 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 you know we didn't have more turnovers. If you're, mm-hmm. I, I remember down there in the fourth, uh, what quarter was that? Uh, second quarter, right there before half. Uh, you know they had to complete that fourth down pass. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it, it took him th- overthrowing two wide open receivers to finally find somebody. So mm-hmm. little things like that, you, we you can't have, especially when you're playing against a team that's a that's a national championship contender.
7: I was thinking after that happened, I was like. Alabama's not going to give you too many cracks at this thing, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Exactly. So, yeah, they've yeah, got to get little things like that. If they face off again, I mean, you're not going to have three cracks like that. You you got to get that done when it's if it's Do wide you, open like that.
1: And and I'm I don't know the the health situation with uh, uh, JT. Is it JT? Uh huh. I, I get all these J's mixed up. We got a lot of them in the <laughs> SEC. Market. But JT, I don't I I don't know his health situation, but. I don't. I don't think there was much rush to get him healthy quicker, because the mailman has been produced. He, he. I mean, he's been very, very good. He's been very, very efficient, and he's done just about everything that that the coaches have asked of him. But it kind of got exposed a little bit in this game. Just not. I don't want to say lack of talent, because that's not fair. He's still a good athlete. He's still a great quarter. A good quarterback. But he's not great. And is JT great? Is you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of fans that are saying, you know, we're one good quarterback away from undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I you know, I am hearing a lot of Mark Rick tweets and everything like that. <laughs> the constant you know, I don't want this isn't Mark Rick two point I don't think that's the case, but you have a Georgia Bulldog team that is just as talented as Alabama and you got out coached on Saturday.
7: Mm-hmm. All right, Chad. Well, let's kick it out into the other matchup. I think the biggest story in the SEC this year so far, my Arkansas Razorbacks, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Razorbacks beat Ole Miss 33-21. Went on a limb there and predicted this to happen. But, you know, once again, just credit to this damn defense. I mean, there's some gangbusters over here. Six. Interceptions, seven turnovers in total. And this is not like, you know, they're not picking off Mississippi State that for whatever damn reason can't get in the end zone. They're picking off quarterback that was number one in quarterback rating in the nation, had just torched Alabama. And we got guys like Hudson Clark. I never even heard of this damn guy. He's got three interceptions in this game. Two pick sixes. Grant Morgan playing with one arm. Got 19 tackles, pick six, sack. I mean, these guys are just playing their damn guts out for Sam Pittman and company. And, you know, I thought they'd be much improved, but I don't know if I saw this coming. I mean, I mean, who in the hell could have? You know what?
1: (laughs) Nobody, man. I mean, we were, we, we knew that they were going to be better. We yeah, we knew that there was good shot that they may win one, maybe two SEC games, but I, I never thought it'd be week four they'd have them already. You know, I, I, I if you had asked me at the start of the season, hey, uh, is there a chance Arkansas's three and one? Because let's let's face it, Mike, there's still a good chance that they, you know, could have been three and one at this point, uh, short of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I would have said you're crazy. There's no freaking way. What these coaches are able to get out of these players. Man, if that doesn't just tickle your fancy, man, I don't know what will. I these, the the this defense is playing above what they're. I mean, it's. I kind of talked about it the other day. It, it's it feels like like the island of misfits, you know, <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. cartoon you always see at Christmas time, and you know the, the the toys, the players that nobody wanted, the coaches that nobody wanted. That's what Arkansas has right now, and they are playing better than like their rating. You, it's just you look at them, you're like, oh well, you know, the he, Felipe's okay, but you know, uh, Burks Burks is okay. He's, he's he's not a stud, you know, but then. He's killing it. Eleven receptions, hundred thirty-seven yards. The guy made a top ten play, a top play on SEC. I mean, I don't know if you saw that one back mm-hmm. there in the corner. I mean, fantastic. I mean, that is just these guys are playing above and beyond what we expected, and I love it, man. I, I love, I just, I love the vibe from the coaches I'm getting. Uh, if they keep this up, Mike, if if they keep this up right now, how many people? Are gonna? How many people are gonna call Barry Odom at the end of the year and ask him to come <laughs> co- coach their football team?
7: You know? Yeah, I mean, I would I would assume a lot. I don't know if he would. You know, it seems like he's just a, the perfect coach for that. I mean, I think I'm sitting here thinking he's gonna he's a lock for SEC Coach of the Year. You're sitting here trying to get him. You always do this, Shane. Where's Mark Stoops going next? Where's Sam Pippen going? Is tech, I've already seen the rumors. Texas calling Sam Pippen, so... No,
10: no he, he's
7: just Arkansas through and through, you know what? And uh, I think that's part of it because it's not phony, and, and we credit this guy for being transparent, and I think the players can see it. I mean, the players can tell if you're, if you're bullshitting them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's, he's brought in these coaches that buy into him and, and everything, so... Yeah, I don't know. This is almost like a damn like I'm just waiting for the Disney movie to to come out. You know, it's, it'll be called Pittman or or what have you. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just just remarkable, and you know, he doesn't get all the all the credit. You know, like I said, Barry Odom's just knocking it out of the park. These players that some of them we didn't even know who they are are making key critical plays here in these games, and you know, Felipe Franks who. He's been very inconsistent in his career he's having one hell of a hell of a year so all of a sudden i mean arkansas you look at their schedule i know that they'll have to keep this thing together but you know is there i know you're a big tennessee homer if, oh, if tennessee yeah. and arkansas play right now you're probably you're probably betting on arkansas aren't you
1: Dude, i'm telling you the tweets that came out after that game mike there's a good chance we may not win any game moving forward. <laughs> if we keep playing the way we're doing. I mean I, I'm serious. I'm I, I'm looking I, 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 I'm watching a lot of people and listening to a lot of people and and uh, you know the confidence moving forward. It's just I, I you don't Arkansas's red hot man. Nobody wants to play them right now. Nobody mm-hmm. because they're gonna come out and they're gonna be physical, that defense is freaking nasty. Uh, maybe the, I mean, I was talking about how great Georgia's defense is, but I'm telling you, Arkansas is right there with them and, uh, they make every game interesting. I mean, look, they, Matt hasn't what, he through one interception coming into this game, mm-hmm. walked away with six, <laughs> you know, it's, it's dangerous out there.
7: All right, Chain. So yeah, let's just kick it over to this thing. Cause I thought of, of all the comments from all these coaches, I thought Sam Pittman's were the best. This season, this uh, weekend, sorry, talking about Barry Odom and this defense and and everything that's going into that. The six interceptions his team hauled in, including Hudson Clark who had three of them. On uh, just how proud he is of this team. And uh, you know, there was a moment in this game it looked like Ole Miss was going to make a big comeback, but the offense engineered it. I mean, this is like a total team effort here. And then on Drew Morgan, who I mentioned there, playing with one arm, he's going to. (laughs) <laughs> SEC Defensive Player of the Week. I would, I would think for sure this uh, upcoming weekend. But uh, let's kick it over to Coach Pippin.
10: Barry Odom is awesome. So is Sam Carter. So is Ryan Rhodes. So is Derek LeBlanc. Those guys on defense, they get their team ready to play. They have all kinds of tendencies where the back is, who's inside, who's outside, where numbers are, and they have the cut ups for the kids, and the kids obviously watch it, and we're talented and we got a talented group. We have a resilient group. And uh, we have a group that can catch passes on defense and return them for touchdowns. I told the team that Morgan might, you know, if I'm a running back, I might be a little bit worried about him because he <laughs> took that one back to the house. But, you know, they picked off six passes. They were in position to play well. And, and Barry Odom's a real deal. And, and um, yeah, I'm happy he's a great friend of mine. I'm also very happy he's on the staff.
8: Okay. Hey, Sam, um, you know, C- 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 Corral only thrown one pick all year, now since the opener. What'd you guys do to get six? And Hudson Clark, I mean, he kind of comes out of nowhere and he gets, you know, a couple weeks ago and he gets three picks. I mean, what, what'd what you think of the six picks overall and, and then his performance in particular?
10: Oh, I was hoping we, I was planning on getting seven when the game started, but we'll, we'll take six. <laughs> no, I, you know, that's the Clark getting three interceptions. That's incredible. And then Cat took the early one back for touchdown. And, of course, Morgan did. And, I mean, that's, that's coaching, that's playing, that's being in position, that's reading eyes. Nice. Because that, that kid had had – Corral had had one interception going in today. And we picked him six times. So that's, that's coaching and that's players learning and, and obviously being able to get it done as well.
8: You probably hadn't heard of before the before a couple weeks ago. I mean, it's almost like something out of a movie or something.
10: Well, they've heard of him now three times at least,
6: Coach. Obviously, you have to be pretty damn proud of this team today.
10: Um, you know, you know what? You're exactly right. I say damn too much, but I am damn proud of this football team. I mean, who in the world wouldn't be? if you're an arkansas fan now we will always find something we have to get better at and and we will that's our job but our kids deserve to be happy tonight and and celebrate and and uh, yeah i'm proud of them i'm proud of our staff i'm proud of the state i'm proud of the fans that were out here and i'm proud for them because tonight they get to go out and be what they, the Arkansas fan base should be, and that's happy and celebrating and have their chest stuck out. And that's what needed to be done for a long time. And we're just very honored to be a part of it.
2: Yeah, hey, Coach Grant Morgan, 19 tackles, probably felt like he should have had more than the one pick, but he gets the pick to seal it. Just what can you say about him and the toughness that he just continues to play with?
10: Talking about Morgan? Yes, sir. Well, I mean, he couldn't practice, you know. I mean, he practiced, but we put a green shirt on him, which he hated, and every day he tried to come out there with the red on. I said, no, 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 no. We ain't going to touch you today. And, uh, you know, he's just a tough kid. He's, like I said before, he's a Morgan. You know, his brother was the same way, and like I say, probably parents, everybody's tough in the Morgan family. But that's what he was, and then he goes out and and has that, you know, and you saw him uh, holding that elbow uh, on on a on a play late in the fourth quarter, and and it didn't stop him from picking a pass and running back for a touchdown. He's a tough kid. He is Arkansas. That's 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 what he is.
2: Hey Sam. So they cut it to twenty to fourteen, and you guys put together a seventy-yard drive. Can you talk about the importance of that? And Burks's catch uh,
1: is probably going to be on Sims.
10: Well. I didn't hear the last part of it, but the drive when it was 2014 was huge. And um, Traylon, what a great catch he had in the corner. And, man, we're going to have to do something about these two-point plays. if We put it up to 14 and we don't get it. But what a wonderful catch, an outstanding catch he made. Just a really good drive by several of the guys. The whole line played well on it. We just have a lot. You know what's amazing is we, we can be a lot better. Uh, than what we're playing right now, and and our kids understand that. And and so we're going to – listen, I didn't say I'm disappointed. I'm not disappointed at all. I'm saying we can be a lot better, especially uh, running the football and and not making mistakes, but that drive was huge.
6: Hey, Coach, I'm just wondering what the expectation level was coming into this season for you and, and how quickly you guys have changed it. Has this surprised you at all?
0: you were or where you sh- people thought you might be
10: oh, hell i thought we was gonna win them all i don't you know i don't, i don't know you know i'll tell you this when hunter told me we drew georgia and florida on the east i i was probably down for about two or three seconds you know uh look there's not really any pressure on us we we the expectations weren't weren't high outside the building, but in, in, in the athletic department and in our locker room, they're as high as they possibly can be. I'm not surprised that we beat Ole Miss today. I, I wasn't surprised that we beat Mississippi State, and I wasn't surprised that we were in the ball game at Auburn. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know as much about what happened over the last three years here. I don't, you know. But I knew that this was Arkansas and this is where the University of Arkansas is supposed
7: to be on the football field. All right, jade So, I mean, who would want to play for this guy right now? Who would want to be a part of this organization? And uh, I love the fact that, uh, you know, we're only a couple games into the season. And then the last couple years of being a laughingstock, no one's even damn mentioning that anymore. And that's kind of the way it should be. You know what?
1: I wish I wish my dad loved me as much as Sam loves his kids. (laughs) Oh, geez. He just wants it, man. He just wants it so bad. And yeah, I I would love to watch one of these plays that just blows up. I wish they'd just keep a camera on him on the sideline, because I bet he gets giddy. You know what I'm saying? Like he just turns total fanboy when his team scores a touchdown. I I just love this attitude. Mm
7: Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, you know, going over to Ole Miss, I mean, they've got a big game coming up now against Auburn. But all of a sudden, it seems like they've kind of got, I don't want to say exposed, because anytime your quarterback throws throw six interceptions, I mean, you're going to lose the game regardless. Tennessee fans, Mississippi State fans, they're well aware of that fact. But, you know, there's still a lot to build on here with Ole Miss. Like I said, they at one point in the second half, they had the ball. There was an opportunity for them to get back in this game, you know. It just wasn't their day. It was. It was a very poor offensive showing. Lane Kiffin. We'll jump to him in a moment, but he talked about, uh, you know, the fact that uh, you know there's there's film on us. I mean, hell, they they still had over 440 yards of offense. Very balanced. 200 passing, 242 rushing. So they were effective. They were just you just can't turn the ball over left and right and expect to win in the SEC. But right, you know, there's. Now we're getting into a a critical part of the Lane Kiffin era here right now because, or not the era, but just the season because, you know, I've mentioned this before with Arkansas, not having that deep of a roster. Well, you could certainly say the same thing about Ole Miss, and we knew there was some COVID issues, so I don't even know how many you know scholarship guys they got to play with here. But now that we're right in the heart of this SEC schedule, I mean, you're not going to be fooling people. You're not going to be tricking them. They know what you're going to do. Yes, you can pile up all this yardage, but if you can't stop them, that's going to be – that's why as impressive as Ole Miss has been, hell, they're sitting here at one and three. And, <laughs> you know, th- there have been the talk of the SEC for the last two weeks. So they they keep falling short. But, you know, you still got to be pretty fired up about the future of it. But where's yeah. this program go from here, particularly this season where – like I said, you got Auburn coming in here. That that certainly looks like a winnable game on paper, but if you don't get that one and you're at one and four, man, I, I'm not saying but, they're gonna, they're going to quit on them or anything, but, but I don't know. I, I feel like now's the time they gotta they gotta capture it before uh, you know the tail end of the year here.
1: Yeah, but I mean. Let's don't get too carried away. I mean that we got to realize where the expectations were for Ole Miss and in Arkansas and you know these these other team Mississippi states. That well, uh, I don't want to put too much pressure on the coaches, and I don't think they should. Uh, nobody was expecting Lane Kiffin just to run the SEC. Nobody was expecting him to uh, to be at this point. If I told you you're one and three, would you be totally shocked? No. Nah, I mean, I, I don't. Th- I'm not. I'm not worried about it. The tape's out. Yes, they they've they've got a little script on Lane Kiffin, but that's why he's one of the best coaches is because just when you think you've got him bottled up, he's gonna he's gonna create something. He's gonna create some sort of mismatch in every game that they play this season. He's he's good at that. He's good at equalizing the talent on on the field. So, you know, you think about the games. Okay, our Arkansas. Yes, they they lost, but it was close. And I mm-hmm. guarantee, if you didn't have seven turnovers, you probably would have won. Same thing, you could, that, but that's something you can work on. Uh, and he talks about it here in a minute with the coach with the quarterback's eyes. You, you look at the Kentucky game, same thing, a game that could have easily have won. So you can if and but all this you want, but Ole Miss has been in just about every damn game that they played this year. So, yeah, if, we're – the record may not be what you want, but if you're a fan of Ole Miss, you can't be upset about
7: the future. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, you hit it there. Let's jump over to Lane Kiffin on his message to the team after the game, what he said to Matt Corral after his rough performance on, you know, opponents got, they have the film now on how to stop Ole Miss, and then he praises Barry Odom as well.
12: You know, at least it wasn't us losing another game by a big score. So to me, like the message to the team is it shows that we could be really good. You know, what if we play offense like we had um, prior to this game then played defense like today, we'd be, we'd be a really good team. So uh, that'll be the goal, to, goal, you know, to get it all put together. Lane, just to start, I guess, what do you say to Matt after a game like that? Yeah, we've already talked um, and just said, you know, <clears throat> this game can be really humbling. And you got to be careful reading all your stuff during the week and how great you are and all this because it will bring you right back down. And once you start playing really well, people, you know, they study you. And today they read his eyes and they played all zone. Um, And, you know, he was staring guys down. and That's where the interceptions came. Lane, you may have just basically answered the
6: question I was going to ask, but was there a common thread on most of those interceptions?
12: Yeah, just most of them, especially the, the later ones, were staring them down, you know. They're going to happen once in a while, you know, like the over route earlier where number one, who's a great player, you know, jumped, made that interception. That's going to happen. But the other ones, you know, are really him staring staring the guys down. I mean, the second to last one, like I said, three guys could have picked it. You know, he's just staring guys down and not getting back to the back. And that's what these guys do a great job of. And you, know, you saw what they did to Mississippi State, you know, you know they, they, keep, they do a great job, Coach extremely well. For the offense, is this kind of like a bury the tape game, or do you not believe in that, or, and is it more of there's all these things that we can learn and show Matt to move forward? No, oh, you better figure it out because, you know, especially in this conference, you got really good coaches, and so they're going to copy it. And so once somebody figures out how to stop you, you better figure out the answers to that. You know, within the next week, you're going to see the same thing because. Obviously, the output was very different between this and every other game, so people are going to copy this. Coach, let's talk a little bit about maybe what you saw from Barry Odom's defense. Obviously, uh, Matt had had some struggles with it, but what did you see specifically that kind of slowed y'all down a little bit? Well, they've done a great job. You know, like I told Sam before the game, I mean, I don't know if there's a better job in the country of what a defense looks like last year compared to this year, how they play the same players, you know, for the most part. Um, Barry's just done a great job. We saw him, you know, the first half versus Georgia. We saw him the whole game versus Mississippi State, and now against us. Um, you know, does a great job, keeps the ball in front of him, limits explosive plays, which has been what we've relied on a lot. So, good game plan.
7: All right, Chad. So, Coach makes a good point here. Yes, I mean, you can look at the score and say, well, hell, they gave up 33 points. What's he talking about? The defense had a good day. But you got to remember, two of those are pick sixes. That's not on the defense. And they, and the, all those interceptions kept putting the defense in a bad spot. They did limit Arkansas to 6 of 17 on third down. That's that's very good. Uh, so, you know, maybe there is something to build on there. Kind of like he's saying, well, hell, if we just get this, we don't make these mistakes. We get the offense humming. The defense is starting to come around. That's got to yep. be incredibly frustrating for him, though, that one week it's mm-hmm. one unit, the next week it's the, it's the other. But, yeah, if they get this thing together – you know, there's there's a lot to build on moving forward for Ole Miss, and and the bet the best thing if I'm a Rebel fan is the best is yet to come. I mean, this is the roster is just going to keep getting better the longer he's there.
1: Oh yeah, that's 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 the key, man. So just imagine how how much how much further along they would be if they had some talent. Not saying that they don't, man, because again, I'm not trying to take away from the players and what they have down there. But if if the late trade starts getting his talent down there, dude. The, the sky's the limit. I, I, I think Ole Miss, like I said, if I'm an Ole Miss fan, knowing what I've seen so far, I, I can't be upset. I'm, I'm upset we got the losses, but I can't be up. I mean, we're we're moving in the right direction.
7: Yeah, and my, my final thought on this, Shane, is just, man, this game was kind of a dud the last couple of years. But now with these coaches and these players and the best yet to come, I mean, it's just – it's just getting me fired up for the next edition and and the the rest of these SEC West wars that we're gonna get the rest of the year and and just the years to come. You know what,
1: dude? I I just think SEC coaching personalities took a huge leap forward this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, think think about this game last year and it would have been uh, what's his name dumbass down there in Auburn. What's his uh, coach Morris? Yep. Would have been at there talking about where he screwed up, and he probably should put the backup quarterback in. And then you know, and then Coach Luke with his with his uh, Dracula teeth is talking about whispering
7: know, into the mic, whispering because he lost his voice. <laughs> I
1: mean, think about it. We're in such a better place right now, so I love it.
7: Hey Shay, well before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. Head on over to mybookie.ag today. All new customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1000. That means if you're a new customer to mybookie.ag and you put in the promo code that SEC, that's T H A T S E C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1000 so you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. And we got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. So <laughs> head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that, S-E-C, over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that Winning season begins today only at my bookie with that promo code. That sec. All right, on to the next game, Shane. We had another good one here in South Carolina. Will Muschamp. All of a sudden, I ain't seen one person tweeting out fire. Will Muschamp because <laughs> the Gamecocks won thirty to twenty-two. Shane's lock of the week comes through. Yes, sir. And man, the the Gamecocks now. This is what we're talking about, man. And this, this would be my same message to Shane right now. Don't get too down. I mean, this is going to be a wild, wacky SEC season. Two weeks ago, we got the pitchforks out. We're ready to get rid of Will Muschamp. <laughs> Two weeks later, we're ready to get rid of old Gus Malzahn. <laughs> 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 but, man, what a performance here for South Carolina, where, particularly that defense, you know, forcing errors in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.C. Horn, was he's already won one national player of the of the week award shy smith continues to come up big and these running backs kevin harris to sean fenwick both you know i thought auburn's defense actually played really well in this game that that's going to be a story i think is going to be lost in this matchup but you know that when the quarterback is bo nix is throwing all these interceptions and, and south Carolina's just feasting on it i mean there's just you, you got very little chance here but uh You know how big of a win is this for Will Muschamp? Kind of, you know, silence the haters here, and all of a sudden they're two and two in the SEC. There's only four teams in the entire SEC that have a better record than South Carolina right now. And I'm not saying they're going to win the East now or anything, but hell, they're Uh they're, they've climbed out of the cellar and they're they're right back in the in the fighting ring. You know what,
1: dude? And they're playing juiced up. I'm telling you, these boys, they were having fun. And it's been a while since I've seen South Carolina team have fun. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what these boys were doing. You mentioned J.C. Horn. I saw an interesting tweet from 5th uh, Quarter SEC. He says, eight targets. Out of eight targets, he only allowed two catches, five pass breakups, and two interceptions. That math don't even make sense, but it's <laughs> that good. You know what I'm saying?
7: <laughs> and he tipped another one that was intercepted. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, they were all over the place, and then uh, I love this runner back, man. Did you see that damn bulldozing hit he had, mm-hmm. Harris? Dude, I mean, that, that it, it, he—I mean, he he had eight, he only had 83 yards rushing, but man, did he grind to get every single inch of that! Yeah, That's and he loved. had
7: he had like a 70-yard touchdown that was called back on a questionable call. So, I mean, he's looking—he was looking at a huge day there.
1: Now, you want to know what my favorite one is, Mike? Hmm. shy smith did you i don't know Ooh. if you saw his picture eddie put out there on instagram
7: no what do he say dude
1: He's you know he's catching that ball back there on uh number 14 i can't remember <laughs> who it was but he he put out there is it's just beautiful picture him just just jumping up over 14 he says damn i got three little boys now somebody <laughs> at 14 his little ass <laughs> Oh, Shai Smith had a hell of a game. He 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 just sh- I mean, he's he, everybody overlooked him last year. I think mm-hmm. you know because of Edwards, but Shai Smith is a sneaky good receiver, and I think he will thrive in the NFL. And he's getting his chance to be the spotlight receiver, and he's ran with it, dude. He has. I mean, he's had some amazing catches during this game. Um, he was just. He was just playing. Fan. The whole team was. They, they were on a mission. They were fired up, and they came out firing on all centers. Now, the other side of the ball, man, I don't know what the hell happened to Bo Nix. What, what happened to him, Mike? This
7: guy used well, to I'll be I'll tell good. you right. I, two words, brother. Chad Moore. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think? I don't. I mean, he's fighting with
1: his receivers on the sideline. There's mm-hmm. just, it, it's just, these guys just, I don't know, man. They're, they take a step back every week I watch them.
7: Yeah, and, I mean, you can kind of blame it on the offensive line like uh, Gus has been doing. But here we got Tank Bigsby going for another 100. He had 111 and a touchdown. I mean, I, I continue to say he's probably been the most impressive true freshman in the SEC. So, you know, the quarterback can't operate behind him, but the running back can It doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, it's not only can Bo Nix – I mean, he has turned – overthrowing Anthony Schwartz into an art form. I don't know how, how in the hell do you overthrow the fastest player in college football? Just Bo Nix is going to be teaching classes on that here soon, but the biggest concern, and this is something that we've mentioned before, it seems like he just is uh kind of clueless in the pocket and yeah. he, he is a good runner. So, I mean, I like to see him run, but you're asking Bo Nix to throw it 47 times. That's a recipe for disaster. And on that final drive, you know, Gus, he said, you know, I really like the fighting spirit and all that. But what in the hell are you talking about? He's trying to scramble for, you know, he's got about Dude, twenty yards to go and four seconds to do it, and about nine guys to run through. I mean, this, this is—it's almost like he's a true freshman that has never taken a snap when it's—he started every single game of his career.
1: And I've never seen anything like at the end of that game. Bo wasn't looking to throw; he was looking to run the entire time. Mm-hmm. It, it just, he his like like he'd look at one receiver, oh he's covered, I'm going to run. It, I mean, you don't do that unless you're scared. And I I know South Carolina was getting pressure on him, but nothing like nothing like Georgia. He, he had plenty of time. I mean, there was moments back there he could have just. You know, went through his progression and found somebody. They, they showed plenty of replays with receivers' opens. It's just for some reason, Bo couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. Hell, his best play was a terrible pass. You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> off the back foot and everything.
7: <laughs> right. Yeah, so I don't, if you're an Auburn fan, I don't know where you go from here because all of a sudden. I tell you what you do, you get Bo
1: Nix out of there, and you just put Bigsby, just let him run. <laughs> Wild, You're gonna run Wildcat <laughs> like Kentucky did last year.
7: Then they ran out that damn 300-pound tight end on a two-point try, and of course it failed mm-hmm. miserably. I mean they need to they need to give that shit up quick. I mean that's that's
1: that that that's something that started off and I don't know if they just love hearing them talk about it on the TV <laughs> or something that's just that's not it man that's 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 not your answer this little gimmick stuff you need to get back to fundamental football mm-hmm. you got to run a game that is working you got a quarterback that has shown promise in the past and for some reason they're not on the same page at all they're fighting on the sideline imagine what they're doing in the locker room mike Mm. These guys are not together. They need team leadership to step up, uh, or they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. They're gonna change something, man. If if this team doesn't change it, then they're gonna have to fire some coach. And and Gus sitting over there. I know he's looking at Chad right now because what what Chad has put on this offense is is just god awful. That he is not a quarterback. I don't know. Quarter, I don't know what he's
7: whispering to to the quarterback, <laughs> but it ain't good. <laughs> well, speaking of firing. Someone who's not getting fired, Will Muschamp. Let's kick it over to him, talking about uh, J.C. Horn's outstanding performance on his running backs, Kevin Harris and Deshaun Fenwick, their big days, and on Shai Smith playing with that edge. Uh, I think he talks a little bit about Mike Bobo here as well.
2: Coach, what can you say about J.C. Horn and the way his performance was today defensively?
8: If there's a better corner out there, I want to see him. Uh, the guy's an outstanding football player. Got two interceptions today. He calls the other one uh, on a tip pass. Uh, he and uh, and Williams battled all day. It was a great battle. Uh, we matched him up on him and felt good about, you know, where we were going to be in those situations. But some really nice plays on the ball. The guy's always had great ball skills for whatever reason. I know some of it hadn't been targeted very much, just be honest. So, But but he's a heck of a player, and, uh, and I'm very happy for him today. Wish he had gotten in the end zone there on that one return. Josh Kendall? But on Jace, One more on J.C. Do you think that that's, his most, that's the most action he's gotten in the game since he's been here in terms of people not being afraid to throw at him? Off the top of my head, I would say absolutely. Uh, but, you know, he he doesn't get a lot. He didn't last year, and so he hasn't had a whole lot this year. But he's a guy that can make interceptions on the ball when he's there. It just hasn't always happened in a game situation. We always knew he could.
9: Hill McGranahan.
8: Well, considering, you know, who he was playing against in the
3: 83 snaps, ha- how did that performance by J.C. compare to the best of any cornerback you've ever coached, with just obviously a lot of good cornerbacks?
8: The guy's elite, Gene. He's an elite player. Um, he is playing at an extremely high level. For whatever reason, today was his first two picks, and I can't, I have a hard time sometimes explaining that. Um, but again, he hasn't had a lot of targets and, and knowing them and they're going to run their system, and I respect that uh, with Chad because I think he's a heck of a football coach, uh, we, we knew that there was going to be some balls and some opportunities uh, for J.C. against Williams, who we thinks an outstanding player. Coach, talk about both
2: your running backs today, how physical they ran and just how many yards they got after hit. It looked like it was a short game, but after you got up, it was you got an extra two to three yards that they were able to get their – Their yards after hit.
8: Those guys finish forward, you know, and both guys run behind their pads. Um, Been so proud of Deshaun and how he's grown up and matured, and obviously Kevin's having a fantastic year. But those those guys right now for us are a really good one-two punch. They do a good job of coming in there and gaining positive yards and doing the things we've got to do for us to be successful. Well, it seemed like Coach Boba was pretty committed to trying to run between the tackles. How much did did that, and if so, how much did that pay off for you guys in the second half
9: as you were able to hit some stuff on the edge and, and find some more room there in the middle?
8: You know, one of the things that I always admired about Mike as a play caller going against him was his commitment to the run, his commitment to being able to try and run the football. And as a play caller, it's hard, you know, sometimes you want to get in a fancy overload pressure on third down. And that's all fine and good, and they did it one time to us, and and we creased the power on them on a critical third and fourth situation. So, I mean, there's things that that he does as a play caller that presents issues and being committed to the run. And again, it may not be pretty early. You know, it may not be always what we want, but in the defensive play caller's mind, you always got to remember he's going to run the ball. And that's always kind of gets you out of sometimes of some calls that you might like. Will, Shaw seems to
2: thrive when there's a little bit of interplay, I guess, between the competition. He, he's done that a couple of times this year. He seemed to be energized by it today. But how do you walk that line with him to keep that on the right side of the road?
8: Well, you know what? He's a great competitor, okay? And, and most guys that I've been around that are great competitors and really good football players, you know, they they, they, they get after it. And, and And he does as well. And I do think it's a fine line. But I would much rather be saying, whoa, than giddy up. If I'm trying to tell a guy giddy up at this point, we got a problem. So I want a guy that's competitive. I want a guy that that is a competitive, composed football player. And when he has his composure, and he and I have this conversation a lot, when you're really composed, man, you're hard to deal with. Because you still have your competitive edge, and you still have your competitive nature. And there is a fine line there. But I, I would rather be saying, whoa, than giddy up in a lot of situations. And if we had, you know, 110 shots missed, I'd be happy.
7: All right, Shane. So, once again, South Carolina fans didn't want to hear this a couple weeks ago, but, you know, this certainly seems like a really good coaching job here by the Gamecocks staff. Mm -hmm. And as I'm just, like, looking down the roster here, I mean, we got Colin Hill, wasn't even on the roster last year. These running backs, I mean, I knew who Fenwick was. I honestly didn't know Uh who Harris was going into the year. Now he looks like a big-time player they got like one legitimate receiver and he's having an all sec type year. I think that kind of speaks to maybe the former offensive staff and their lack of ability to recruit and develop talent. But here now we got Mike Bobo who keeps scheming Mm up a successful offense. Uh, I don't know. I mean, all of a sudden South Carolina is looking really promising and, and just Mm -hmm. think if they had, you know, an extra receiver here or there and, and we all know they're going to get Marshawn Lloyd back. I mean, they got a five-star quarterback committed. I mean, I've, it's just night and day different than it was two weeks ago. And I couldn't be more fired up if I was a Gamecock fan.
1: Oh, for sure, man. I mean, it, kind of similar to, to that Arkansas talk, you know, we were doing our – it's just like they got a handful of guys, and every week they're going to step up. And it seems like – like you could say okay I'm looking over here Shaw Smith we shut him down they don't have a receiver but you can't shut him down and then it's like okay if we bottle up these running backs they just keep pounding away they just they just keep coming and they, they that's one thing there's no let up on this team there's a lot of fans myself included that have let up on South Carolina weeks ago but these guys, there's, there's no let up on the field. These guys keep going. They keep putting in, and, and you know, they, were, they weren't winning this game the entire time. They came back, and then they never relinquished that lead once they got it. I mean, that was, it was just impressive. It was a fantastic win for South Carolina.
7: All right, so let's flip it over to the guy sitting on maybe the hottest seat in the SEC now, Gus Malzahn. Talks about Tank Biggs being his big day on Bo Nix and Seth Williams and, and them not having a connection there. Uh, what he says to Bo Nix after a game like this, and then he kind of guarantees that the team's gonna get better. So this is uh, this is almost like something you heard Muschamp saying a couple weeks ago. So that just kind of shows you where uh, you know the hot seat is, is kind of rising there on the Plains. I think
12: another hundred yard game from Tank, tank Bigsby, averaged almost seven yards a carry today. Uh, just what do you make of his performance? And do you feel like he needs to be more of a focal point of the offense moving forward, just showing what he's been able to do?
4: He ran extremely hard again this week, you know, for the third week in a row, broke tackles, ran with, you know, with an attitude and, you know, so he did a really good job. Another hundred yard game, I think 16 for, for 111. So yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll be a factor moving forward.
6: Uh, yeah, coach um, Seth was targeted. I think the TV said 12 times, but it only had four receptions. And it looked like him and Bo were not on the same page a lot. They were even barking at each other a little bit on the sidelines. What sort of went wrong there?
4: You know, that's a good question. We'll have to look on film. You know, y- y'all seen they usually have a very good uh, feel for each other. You know, and um, you know we'll, we'll take a look at on film. You, you know, probably got to give their DBs some credit too. Um, but we'll, we'll look at it and we need to correct it.
12: You know, what's your message to Bo after a game like this? You know, he had three interceptions on the road loss at Florida last year and finished that season pretty strong. But then to have this kind of performance has to be pretty disappointing.
4: You know, he's a competitor, and uh, you know we just need to go back and uh, you know need to improve, and you know, and we got to protect the football. We talked about that, you know, to, before we started the game, and you know, really we'd done a what I'd say is a really good job protecting the football up to this point. And, uh, you know, I think a couple of those, like I said, you know, you got to have the receivers on the same page, you know, and I think, you know, one or two of those um, probably wasn't on the same page. And I think one bounced off a guy and bounced up, you know, so, but, um, you know, we just, we, we got to protect the football.
3: Going off of that, um, you guys continue to struggle to score from the red zone. Um, what led to that, and how can you guys work to fix that?
4: Yeah, you're talking about kicking the field goals? Yeah. Um, you know, how you do that is you just keep working on it. And a lot of time it's just little uh, things, little timing things. I think we were really close uh, on one of the fades. Uh, you know, thought it was a touchdown. The guy apparently made a really good play on it. But uh, it's just a matter of you, you got to keep working it. And, um, you know, inside that 10-yard line. And that's what we'll do.
3: Yeah, can you talk about the challenge for the the team leaders and for the coaches to get this team back in a good mindset to play another road game? Yeah,
4: you know, Mark, I think this is the most unique time, probably in you know, or at least one of the most unique times in all of college football history. You know, and dealing with adversity, you got to man up. uh, Your character's really got to come out. um, You know, and I really believe our team will. And here's the thing about it: we're capable of being a good team. And um, you know, even though we had the turnovers, we, we did some things better than we did last week. Um, but uh, we got to keep improving. Like I said, we got six games left. Uh, we will be a team that improves. I I will, I will promise you that. You will see this team improve, and um, you know that that that's that's what we'll be doing.
7: All right, Shane, I think this might be out of complete left field. I I have never talked to you about this, but I have seen some Auburn fans. They're ready to turn the keys over to one Hugh Freeze. who has got liberty of 5-0. and And I know probably all the Auburn fans listening right now, they're like, to hell with that guy, that scumbag cheating SOB. And then they'll look at the record and be like, well, <laughs> he did beat Nick Saban twice. <laughs> you know what I, mean?
8: like,
7: I think that's one that they that they hate right now. If they made that hire, they, they would find themselves getting on board with it. But... I mean, it may be a, way too early for talk like that, but uh, how much danger is Gus in now that, uh, hell, you think about it, a couple calls go the other way. I mean, they're sitting here at 0-4. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. There's not been
1: one game you watched and said, man, we're back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Auburn is just – and, you know, we you joke about Hugh Freeze, but – Auburn's a big program, man. I mean, it's not been that long ago since they were winning national championships. They're a story program. They're not going to have any trouble finding coaches out there. And it just blows my mind that they settled with this guy. And every year we keep convincing ourselves that, you know what, they're going to be all right. Just got to do this, got to do that. Next thing you know, we're going to compete for national championships again. It ain't ain't in his cards, man. And and he's – we joked, what was it, last year, he wasn't even allowed to hire assistants, you know? With, I mean, he's like, and then when he does, he go gets his buddy up here in Arkansas that just was an epic fail and, and lets him have the keys to this offense.
7: I think what that was all about, Shane, they're, like you said, they're buddies, and he's throwing them a lifeline, you know? After that, horrible, horrible, no one was going to hire Chad Morris no. to be a, his off as a coordinator after that. And here hey, we go, hire a buddy, and now the offense is terrible, and and now he's in a tough spot because what does he do? Does he take it over again? Does he fire his friend? Does he yeah. does he let his friend sink him? I don't know, but something's got to happen because how many? I'll tell you,
1: I'll tell you right now, Mike. My high school football team sucks this year, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they'd hire him. I, I think they'd <laughs> say, well, you know, I don't. I- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh all right. I'm not going to kick the man too far while he's down, but uh, it, it, we laugh because we don't want to cry, Mike. I I, I feel Auburn, and, and and there's there's a lot of depressed, sad programs right now. Tennessee's mm-hmm. one of them. Our, Auburn's one of them. Uh, I guess you could kind of put LSU in there if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else are we missing? Bandy, uh, they're always there. They Vanderbilt, own the place. for
7: sure. Yeah. Um, I would say Mississippi State. Yeah, after I'm there. after we were on the bandwagon there, it, uh, and that's that's probably the list at the moment. But yeah, it'll that, probably so change that, by next week. <laughs>
1: it could, it could change. But right now, I'm telling you, that seat is starting to get a
7: little warmer down there on the plains. Well, speaking of that, Shane, we've been putting this off long enough.
1: Oh shit!
7: Let's jump off down to Rocky Top, where oh my lord, the Kentucky faithful. Are on cloud nine here, winning nine. 34 to 7. 34 to 7, my lock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and man, this was uh, such a damn ugly game. Kentucky's first win since 1984. If you haven't heard it, you probably heard it about 10,000 yep. times this weekend. But uh, this game. At home. this is Adam yep. or yeah sorry first yep. first win in Neyland Stadium for Kentucky since 1984 but hey before we get into the bad here and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get called a Homer here I want to give Kentucky the, all their credit in the world here but I think Tennessee Shane and you know there's no way you could just say well if this happened that happened but if they didn't have these damn self-destructing turnovers, I still think Tennessee is a good team, and I think they would have won this game. And I said it at halftime, and I believed it. I thought Tennessee was going to come back and win this damn game. Mm -hmm. And about 200 Kentucky people said, we're right there with you, buddy. And, and, oh, we (laughs) forgot about that. We all forgot about that. But uh, uh, Tennessee came out with a – you know, they they are a good team, I thought. But uh, then in the second half – You know, they come out, they get the ball immediately three and out. And then at that point, now we got to flip the script because I don't think I'd ever seen Tennessee quit on Jeremy Pruitt. And it certainly looked to me like they quit after that. And I'm talking the defense. And I don't know if it's Pruitt they're quitting on or if it's Garantano that they're just frustrated that he's still out there. I don't know. But uh, this was um, probably since the Georgia State loss, this was probably the worst loss Worst performance I've seen from a Tennessee team, Shane. What What do you think about that? Dude, this was horrible, okay? Couple,
1: let's talk about Kentucky. I, w- I want to give them props. They won. They This is the first win they've had in Knoxville since 1984, Mike. That means I was way too young to remember the last time. I was two years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just uh, the World's Fair was just in Knoxville two years earlier. (laughs) I mean, that's how long this has been. And, and, you know, I know they're happy to get that monkey off their back, but I was hoping that we could keep it there, but we didn't. And Kentucky's defense, I mean, it's been unbelievable, unreal, what they've been able to accomplish the last two games. The turnovers, I mean, they've – They've they've had a bend mentality, but not a break mentality. You know what I'm saying? It's like they mm-hmm. they have no trouble giving up yards, but when it matters, it, they just found a way to make things work. They've been able to do that for two games now. Uh, you know, if you remember, Mark was talking about we we just gotta get turnover. They were they were the last place mm-hmm. in the country with turnovers, and I think they God they gotta be up to the top because that's they all have, they get. I think they had
7: ten in the last two games.
1: I mean, it's just, it's been phenomenal, but I'm with you, man. I'm not going to, and and Kentucky fans, I I know you're watching this game and you're, you're happy about the win, but when you have an offense, when you have a Tennessee team that throws two interceptions for touchdowns and all these boneheaded mistakes along the way, that should have been a 35 nothing game at halftime. I was sitting there watching it and saying, you know what? I'm glad Kentucky's offense sucks because the score could be a lot worse than it is. <laughs> I, I'm just being completely honest. Uh, Terry Wilson did not look good. Mm-mm. You know, these running backs, I, 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 I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do with Rose. Uh, I, I see him out there. And then you see, you see Rodriguez come out and he bust a big 25 yarder. You're like, why, why, why are they not giving him the ball more? So I, I, I don't know what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. But now I want to talk a little bit about Tennessee, Mike. And if you are a one of those uh, Garantano lovers, you know, you may want to turn this part off <laughs> because he sucks, man. He is terrible. I am out on Garantano. I, I know. Now listen, Mike. <laughs> the first interception for a touchdown, I could forgive, mm-hmm. but the second one—that's when I almost threw my phone through the window. You know, that's when I, I mean, I could, let me, this offense, Mike, I I have never seen anything like this. When, when you start a football game and they already have a graphic fucking ready to show you the ups and downs of Garantano's career, (laughs) that tells you exactly what you need to know about your quarterback. I don't care how well he practices. I don't care how good he is in the off season. He's not. quarterback for us I would rather have somebody Mike that is just mediocre every freaking game you know what I'm saying because I know exactly what to expect from him you know I don't want somebody that's going to come out it's got a high ceiling and a low floor I don't want to see a 400 yard passing game and then a two interception for (laughs) Mike you know what I'm saying I don't want to see that
7: he must be just incredible in practice or something and and it's even worse because, you know, they, they bench him. They bring out JT Shrout, give him one throw. Of course, it's an interception too. But I it's don't like...
1: blame I don't blame JT. JT can't J, he had a shot, man. And if I was out there like this <laughs> and hey Shay, hey, uh, you know, Garrettano's helmet came off. You gotta go in for one play. Just hand this ball off to Gray. I'm calling an audible, man. <laughs> I'm telling him to go deep. You get one shot. So I'm not blaming Shroud. At all, you know. Clearly, I wanted to see Harrison in there uh, because I don't know what Brian's situation is. I and mean, he had a lot of cryptic text, uh mm. or tweets earlier this week, so I don't even know if he's even on the team. But, uh, but back to it, Mike. Here's here's the deal. He's not our guy. Okay, this is 2020. We can chalk it up. Here's the sad thing. He can't come back next year, and, and <laughs> you know they're probably going to talk him into it, and then we're going to be stuck in the same boat next year. And I hope that doesn't happen.
7: I'm trying to figure out, though, why does Garantano get such a long leash and then these other quarterbacks, like, one pass, like, up, mm-hmm. you're fucking done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they clearly got no confidence in Garantano because in the second half, it was – I swear they ran the ball nine times for every pass. You know what I mean? So,
1: Exactly. And, and I, people are going to say, oh, but he's just a kid. No, Garantano's like – he's like 30 now. You know, he's been in college so long. So let's don't – let's don't – He's he's a grown ass man. He can he can he can listen to this. He he is he I know he's giving his all. He's doing the best that he can do. But unfortunately, Mike, in the SEC, that's not good enough. So I would rather have if if this is a throw-up year of 2020 and we're just we're just trying to get make stuff work, it's like, why don't we take this as a developmental year? Why why don't we why don't we? try some uh, something different this isn't going to work it's not this is this relationship's over mike i'm over it
7: yeah and to your point yes they did they they got alabama so this is coming up at the worst time possible potentially but after that shane
1: you threw Dobbs out there in alabama i'm not i'm not
7: saying they can't do it but i'm just saying you know that's less than ideal well when we're down 40 we can throw them out there right well, yeah, that's true. Uh, then The following games, though, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Auburn, and Vanderbilt. And if you get steady play at the quarterback position, I think you could play with all those teams. But if Garantano's out there throwing interceptions, pick sixes, you can get beat by all those teams too. So, I mean, that's just something to consider there for the Tennessee and- staff.
1: Mike, uh, real quick, too. Okay, And I, I'm, I'm going to shut up here in a second. I did want to mention uh, one of our buddies, Jackson Vall at F. Shelton, 1300, uh, sent me an interesting tweet, a sad, depressing tweet this morning. And it says, Ball's offensive line gave up 15 sacks in 13 games last year. The Vol's offensive line has given up 11 through four. This is the last 19 drives of Tennessee, seven of them, Turnovers, eight of them, three and outs, two of them failed fourth down conversions, one of them a punt from the opponent's thirty-seven, and one touchdown. Mike, that's the production we're getting. So I don't want to put those Vanderbilt stats. I, <laughs> dude, I don't want to put everything on Garrettano. Okay, I know I just I ripped him a new one. That's, that's not my point here. There was a lot of mistakes happen up front with this coveted offensive line of ours. But there was also really good stuff, man. I mean, Eric Gray had his way with Kentucky's defense. Ter- you know, Chandler had his way when he was out there. There was good things with the running, and it's just – I. I don't know, man. This was just a a terrible, terrible game. The game plan, the script, the halftime adjustments, and like you said, Mike, the opposite of Arkansas and teams like South Carolina, there was give up in this game. And Mm -hmm. when it got to a certain point, that's what it felt like when I was watching. And And this isn't the first time I've seen it with this Tennessee volunteer team. It happened last year, too, right after that Georgia State mess.
7: All right, Chad, so let's kick it over to uh, Mark Stoops and Jeremy Pruitt. We're going to do these back-to-back. Stoops talking about his defense coming together on, uh, you know, Kentucky continuing to knock down the door and and break these kind of bad streaks they got. You know, it's funny, even in the damn big game, like this, he's still asking, he's getting asked about Terry Wilson's job status. And then Jeremy Pruitt, I mean, my God, he had some interesting comments here. He talked about Harrison Bailey on his team potentially losing their confidence. And then he even, I mean, he tried to, like, kind of half-ass this comment, but he's clearly calling out Jim Chaney and the play calling. Uh, so let's kick it over to Jeremy Pruitt and Mark Stoops here.
2: Mark, a couple of weeks ago, right after that old Miss game,
9: Brad said that the defense was still searching for its identity.
2: Do you think you've found that in the last
8: two weeks, especially with the way you've been
9: able to force turnovers in these games? I definitely feel like um, our defense is getting sharper. And um, you could see signs of that um, in in the first two games, but we haven't been nearly as consistent as we've been in, the, in uh, these last two. Um, obviously, creating turnovers has been been uh, very big for us and, and very helpful to uh, to the outcome of the games. Uh, but we've just played cleaner overall. Um, so yeah, I feel like we're getting really close. Yeah, Mark, you got, you guys over the last you know, a few years have knocked down a bunch of the the ugly pieces of history that sort of sat out there for years and years and years with with Kentucky, and this is one of the big ones that was left. One, what does that mean to you? And two, I'm just curious who got the game ball in that locker room. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Uh, Obviously, with uh, knocking down the doors, I mean, again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. We haven't had to hear too much of that lately, and I'm glad for that, grateful for our teams and, and knocking down a lot of doors. Uh, this was another one. But, again, I don't like our team inheriting, um, you know, 20, 30 years of history that's not on these guys. You know, we're responsible for what we've done lately. As I said two years ago, I didn't like the way I had them ready to play. Um, we altered that and, and uh, got some things fixed and played much better. Um, so that's on me as much as it is on the team. And uh, But the, the locker room was a lot of fun again. And I- Mark, it seemed like their defense hadn't been real – sorry, the offensive line hadn't been – i uh, real happy with how it played up until this season. But the way you guys are able to just kind of impose your will in the second half on some of those last drives, just how good did it feel to, to see those guys do that? Oh, really good. It really did. Um, you know, that they're, they're physical on the defensive side of the ball as well. They give you some movement. They give you some pressure, some run pressures, mix it up. Um, they were, you know, kind of showing us one thing and then and then pressure into another to put some, a lot of pressure on our defense, on our, excuse me, on our offensive line. And we started getting some things figured out, finally getting to some sets we like. Uh, again, Coach Schlarm was in, in the press box today. And, uh, you know, and that's what I talked to John about. I said, you could go up there, write it down, see the looks that you want to help Eddie get in some good sets. And we got in some sets we liked in the second half and, and gave ourselves a good opportunity. So it's a credit to John and Eddie and our staff. And, and I thought the backs ran, ran exceptionally hard. They really did. They made They made something out of nothing quite a few times.
2: Mark, at least on the, the television broadcast, they, they kind of made it sound out based on their conversations with you that Terry was really in threat of losing his job this week. Was that accurate?
9: And then how did you think he played in terms of uh, winning? It, was, it wasn't accurate at all. I mean, uh, listen, Terry's our starting quarterback. That's how we went into it, period. Yeah, he's our starting quarterback. If, if, if he, could, you know, didn't play well or just played, you know, really bad then we have other options you know and so we have guys to go to that's no different than any position I don't want that overblown or any you know that that's I mean that that's that's football you know we have guys have pressure on them every day to keep their jobs and, to, and for playing time and um, you know so uh, quarterbacks no different I have a, a lot of confidence in Terry he's our starter uh, you know we went into it that, that he's our he's our starting quarterback I mean, just like anywhere, if, if we go a couple games or if he played really bad, I mean, of course, he could be replaced just like any of us. Nick, Mitch is standing right there; he's ready to replace me. <laughs> 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 Not today.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, what led you to your decision to go with Harrison Bailey in the second half, and is there a chance he could start your next game? Well, you know, Jimmy, it just—it it was an opportunity to put him in the game. He's not had a lot of reps as far as game plan versus Kentucky, um, but it was a good chance to to get him out there and and let him get some and let some of these other guys get some reps. So, um, you know, and I—I I think that's good. It's good for him. He made one nice throw there, uh, and and he he'll make a lot better throws and do a lot more stuff as time goes on. But he's a hard worker. Um, Jeremy, you said you're undecided at quarterback for this week. Have JT and Brian made any progress in terms of getting closer to Jarrett and being competitive with him? Well, you know, first of all, Brian missed uh, most of fall camp. Uh, He had a hamstring. He was in quarantine, um, you know, so he didn't get many reps there, Um, and, that that put him behind, uh, and and he understands that, and he's trying to catch up, right? Um, so, I, I felt like J T has continued to work hard. Um, you know, there's just a few plays out there, and you saw one today. You know, it's second and 25. Um, you know, first of all, send the guy in motion that you're supposed to send. He don't send a guy in motion, um, and just makes a very poor decision. Uh, should just take the check down or throw the ball away. Uh, Anything but throw the ball to the other team. You know, Uh, so in second and 25s or second and 22s are not very good situations to be in. Uh, But, you know, if we want to continue to improve at at that position, we've got to keep coming to work. We've got to work a little harder. We've got to raise our level of preparation. Um, And hopefully these guys will, continue to work hard to do that, chance to do that. Jimmy, coming off the second half at Georgia and then this defeat to Kentucky, do you worry at all about the team's confidence level? You know, um, probably should, right, Jimmy? You know, I mean, if you look the way we played in the second half, uh, you know, we struggled, you know, I, I didn't feel like we struggled today offensively like we did in the second half against Georgia. I felt like we made a couple of mistakes and turned the ball over Uh, that you throw two pick sixes and fumble going in, you know. So, but I've been disappointed defensively. You know, I think I know what we can do offensively to to fix some of our issues. Um, But defensively, to me, you know, there's a point in time where you just say, it don't matter. It don't matter where the other team gets the ball. It don't matter, um, you know, what the scoreboard is. It don't matter. Okay, we're going to play at a level defensively, and and that's it. If we come out here and play for uh, four quarters, or they tell us to play till midnight, this is how we're going to play, and that's a mindset. Um, and we're not we're not there yet. Uh, we got a couple of guys that play that way, uh, but we got to be more dominating up front. We got.
11: Uh,
12: what was your message to Jarrett throughout today, and and how do you handle that over the next week?
2: Well. Um, you know, the first thing is, is you know, getting the ball knocked out of his hand—that wasn't his fault, okay. Um, you know, he he sh- should have took a check down uh, when he threw the ball down the middle, uh, and you know, on the on the whatever route we ran out there on third and four, you know, um, I'm not crazy about the call, to be honest. Okay, it's not crazy about it, uh, and, and that's, that's my fault. Ain't nobody's fault but mine, okay? Uh, and so, should we have thrown it? I don't know. Did the receiver push the guy off? I don't know. I, I, I didn't see that. I was watching the interior part of our line of scrimmage. Uh, I just know that I've never been a big fan of throwing, uh, you know, 35-yard out routes to gain four yards. You know, I just don't believe in the risk versus reward. I would rather, if we're going to throw the ball, that every one of our receivers are running toward the goal line, not away from the goal line. So um, that's something that has to be addressed.
7: All right, Shade. So, I mean, that's, these are some interesting comments here from, in particular, Jeremy Pruitt, where it certainly sounds like they may be, you know, opening the door here to the quarterback competition. That's That's got to be what every Tennessee fan wants to hear. But at the same time, we're paying Jim Chaney, one of the highest-paid offensive coordinators in the nation, and you know, yeah, it's always easy to go out here and, you know, we all do it, blame the coordinator and all this. But you know, is it is he not making it easy enough for Garantano? I mean, it, I don't think the best coordinator in the world is going to help you if the quarterback can't go out there and execute and the line can't block. So I think, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not putting it all on the players either. I think it's a combination of all the things here, but. But clearly Pruitt here is pretty uh, bothered, I think, by some of these play calls by Jim Cheney. Almost like he's surprised, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey,
1: Mike. You know, i I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a loss of words. I, I don't know. I, I think this there's. There's a lot of work to be done um, this is a uh, this is young defense but uh, you know this isn't a five- year rebuild Mike we should be here we should be competitive in games like this because I felt like we were the better team on the field it just there was no adjustment when you know after the second interception for a touchdown don't you just say let's let's try something different you know I mean I'm, I'm not a coach but I, I, I'm, I' I've seen a mirror before. You know what I'm saying? And I can mm-hmm. look at it and say, you know what? This Shane, this isn't working. You know, we tried this last year. We tried this the year before. We tried it the year before that. And I've I've rooted for Garantano my entire life. I really have. When when he was a number one dual threat quarterback coming out of high school, I was excited. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
7: I'm not as excited anymore, Mike, because I know exactly what I'm gonna get from number two. Final thing I got for Kentucky because I feel like I bashed them the entire time. Hey, you proved me wrong two weeks in a row, and you know the SEC. We we haven't even really talked about this, but this was Friday night. They've rearranged the whole schedule, so we'll we can get into that later. But you were scheduled to play Georgia next week. Now you got Missouri. All of a sudden, you got a real chance here to go on get build some momentum. Three wins in a row would be fantastic. And uh-huh. uh, hey, Kentucky. We t- we talked about Florida, or, yeah, Florida and Georgia here control the East. Kentucky, you know, they don't con- completely control their destiny, but they're undefeated in division play, so that, that that's a hell of a start here. So uh, we can't write off Kentucky at this point yet either.
1: Well, Mike, I got to ask something because I thought it was interesting. You sent out a tweet the other day. Uh, so are they secretly – Passing the beer barrel back and forth. I mean, <laughs> I got.
7: I think I got fooled on that one. I think someone oh, okay. photoshopped it. But hell yeah, they they need to give that thing to Kentucky. They need to pass that back around. You know, if, <laughs> yeah. if these if these coaches are are tweeting about it, I mean, my God, let, let's let's be adults here. Let's uh, let's not exactly. pretend this this thing is is just, it's just sitting in a closet or something. It needs to go to the winner.
1: Hey, and for any ball fans, take that that leap. Let me let me rein you back in. All right. Cause I have been right where you're at. I I've been where you're at. Okay, and just like ten hours ago. But you know we got a young program. This is we're, we've we've got a lot of SEC play left. We we still can can we still can learn a lot from our team this year. And I think Kentucky t- can too. You know it's, the season hasn't gone exactly like they had planned, but. Like you said, man, every given Saturday, you, you watch games like South Carolina beating a raked Auburn team. You watch, uh, you know, week one Mississippi State knocking out LSU. That's still in the future for both of these programs. They're still going to have wins. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm I fully believe it. But I
7: don't know what I'm talking about, man. Maybe I'm just pepping myself up again. That's just the SEC in 2020, man. There's going to be highs and lows, yeah. and, and, and everybody's going to be bearing you one week. They're going to be praising you the next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's way too early for any of these teams to be hitting the panic button.
1: Don't don't overreact. This this is a these are teams.
7: I mean, yeah. I mean, and what happens if what if what happens if Harrison Bailey does get the start? Let's not go too crazy here. I was going to say upset Alabama, but they got two weeks to prepare after that. And then what if they go on a run, five in a row, which would include a win over Florida at the end of the season? Then yeah. it's just going to be a summer of hyping up the volume. Know I mean? <laughs> We've got the second
1: highest, <laughs> second longest rank in the SEC. We get started all over again, baby. Yeah, you guys, we're a second half squad. That's that's what we got to remember. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 not. I'm not that down because we we had a lot of stuff going on in the off season. Hell, we could bear, we couldn't even have a scrimmage.
11: Mm-hmm. So
1: it was obviously, there's going to be some growing pains along the way. And, and it was, uh, it was right in our face yeah, with Kentucky. And so kudos to them. They got the win. Uh, I got to send a couple guys from bourbons up there in uh, <laughs> Kentucky, you know, so mm-hmm. I got to fucking go get that somewhere. <laughs> So, <laughs> I told them I said I'm gonna send it, and I said it's probably gonna get intercepted on the way up
7: there. <laughs> all right, final game to uh, break down here. Shane Texas A and M keeps her hot streak going, beats Mississippi State on the road. Never easy to win on the SEC on the road in the SEC. 28 14, and man, this was uh, this was a little bit of an ugly game early on, but yeah, this is uh, once again KJ Costello. I don't know this guy personally, Shane, but I got a feeling that he may be the most disliked man in the SEC because every time the guy goes back for a pass, it's like jailbreak. You know, offensive line—they do not protect this guy for anything. I don't know what he did to him, but these uh, th- his offensive line either hates him or they're just completely incompetent because uh, this guy's scrambling for his life. He's getting hit. He's throwing it up. He's losing fumbles. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just hard to watch. And at this point, it's almost like I want him to, to give KJ a, a week or two off here because he needs it. And then they bring in Will Rogers, the freshman, and, hell, he completes damn near every one of his passes. He He's the only one that let a touchdown drive in this game. But, man, this is just a, a damn debacle here for Mike Leach. Three weeks in a row where this prolific offense is – Doing basically nothing. 217 yards here.
1: Now, do you think this is the last week we see KJ? Because Rodgers did look pretty good when he was in there.
7: Yeah, I think KJ's done for now. Uh, I mean, we need to reset him or something because he's seeing ghosts out there. <laughs> and like I said, I mean, we need, he's going to get killed behind this offensive line. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They're, they're not protecting him whatsoever. I don't know what is the issue there. Uh, but yeah, this, it's just, it's like laughable watching this Mississippi State <laughs> offense at the moment. Uh, now, that should be a credit to Texas A&M because they get, they've had some talented uh, pass rushers here show up. Kellen Mond mm-hmm. had a, you know, a so-so game. That's kind of what I was expecting. That's what you kind of are getting with Kellen Mond at this point. You get some spectacular game, and then you get kind of a so-so game. But they didn't really need him to do a ton, so I, th- I think they were being kind of conservative. They leaned towards the ground game, Spiller and Smith. Another outstanding game for those two guys. Smith was also the leading receiver for the Yaggies in this one. But, uh, you know, this is one of those games that I think in a week or two is going to be totally forgettable. Yeah. But that's kind of what you want, I think, if you're Jimbo Fisher right now after that big win. You know, this this would have only been a story if Mississippi State upset you or, or nearly did. This is just a business trip. Texas A&M having to go on the road. Win in the SEC defense played outstanding. Let's not take away for, from their performance. It wasn't all Mississippi State playing bad. And then mm-hmm. look at it this way too, Shane. I know this will this will certainly change. I think as the the season goes on. But Texas A and M's got two weeks to prepare for their next matchup. They yeah. do not face another team that is ranked as of right now. Now again, I said that certainly could change with. Tennessee, South Carolina, LSU, others, Arkansas, uh, but all of a sudden, I mean, I'm not saying Texas and them, you know, we we buried them about two weeks ago. <laughs> they might go nine and one here, so uh, just just a kind of like a quiet win here, but uh, a really really solid performance for the Aggies and and all of a sudden, this is the this is one of the hottest teams, or you know, in the SEC. Dude, that's the thing. Isn't it? Not a lot of people are talking about it because the last
1: thing they remember was the Alabama game. Mm-hmm. But since then, these these guys have been playing lights out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had the big upset with their Florida, and uh, like you said, this game was—it just kind of—it it, kind of felt like kind of what you said. It was just a business trip. Like that, we're just going to go up here, we're going to throw some points on the board, we're going to keep the pirate from throwing, and then we're going to come home. That's what it felt like, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think. Like you said, that this defense was dialed in. That's another sneaky defense that we're not talking a lot of. Uh, the, the A&M defense. And, and Mississippi State even had a couple of times when they, when they were shining. I thought that was the best. Like, if you were talking about, like, positive things that come from that game for the Bulldogs was there was moments that this defense, you know, looked pretty good, but mm-hmm. – just the talent gap, man. I, right. I just think A&M just had too much talent. They were too deep, and it showed up there at, the, at late in the game. Um, and like you said, K.J., when he was out there, he just he, he just couldn't stay off his back, man.
7: And the, and the biggest concern, because I don't want to sound too much like an A&M homer here, but Kellen Mond, if he has a bad day, and like in this game, for example, only one receiver caught a pass. Two of the guys that caught balls were running backs, and the other's a tight mm-hmm. end. I mean, we are really hurting here at the receiver position. But, hey, that's just a credit to Jimbo and the entire team for making it work. But once you get into it, say you get in a dogfight, we know LSU can score. We know Arkansas can score. We know Ole Miss can score. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have got to manufacture offense outside of the running game, and that's going to be the challenge moving forward for Texas A&M. But, uh, hey, let's kick it over to Jimbo, talk about that running game. Uh, talk about uh, Mon threw a pick six in this game, but he came right back and responded, so I thought that was pretty impressive on the momentum swings of this game. And then here, Mike Leach, I mean, he's just damn searching for answers here. He's trying to figure out what in the hell's going on with the offensive line, uh, what's going on with Will Rogers and KJ Costello. Like, how's that going to play out? And then one thing I didn't even mention, uh, Kylan Hill suspended for this game. Sounds like, you know, his status is up in the air. And, and it was this time last week Coach Leach was talking about, you know, we got to find the guys that are bought in and and get yeah. rid of the guys that aren't bought on so clearly. And then the next week your star player suspended. Clearly he was talking in part about Kylan Hill. So, man, where, does, where do they go from here? So let's kick it over to Jimbo and Coach Leach.
9: Jimbo wanted to ask you all about the importance of leaning again on that veteran offensive line. And the running game was spiller, which helps open up everything else as the game goes on.
3: Oh, it does. You have to. And when you're on the road, you got to be able to control clock, control tempo, and you got to run the football to do that. And we did at times today. And really, the other part of it was running out the last five, six minutes of the game when we got the ball. And no one got down there could have had a score, and we didn't. But eating that clock up and not giving it back, that was huge. The big option play was really big. And then Anayas came in there, and I did a real nice job.
6: You we'll always talk about grit and things like that. It, um, uh, is that how just if you'll talk about how what it meant to you and what do you think it meant for your team to uh uh respond to that uh to that pick six by going down and scoring it really was it it was it was
3: grit. it was it was determination it was and I tell you what it's lack of panic it's confidence in yourself not just grit but also having the confidence in yourself to get right back and execute the next play and that was big
7: hey coach uh you know first of all going into the bye now um you know, you've had four games. Where do you kind of feel like the team is right now, especially relative to what you expected?
3: Well, I don't ever expect anything. I kind of just watch and see where we go. Uh, what I expect is perfection. Uh, we're not we're close. We got a lot of room to work. We got we got holes in all three phases, but we got some really good players and do some really good things in all three phases. We have to learn to play with more consistency, and we got to get some schemes down and get some, uh, get some young guys, keep developing for depth in what we're trying to do. And uh, a lot of work to do. We're nowhere close to what we can be. And that, that, that's very encouraging to me that we're 3-1 and one right now, sitting like we are, and we got a lot of room to improve. Coach, I know you said you were inconsistent on offense. Obviously, we could see that. But what about just capitalizing off what the defense and the special teams did? Even though you were inconsistent, you at least got points on the board no, we
11: did.
7: when you momentum had a short point.
3: field. On the momentum, yeah. side, we scored touchdowns on both, which was huge. And uh, that's big, too. And you got to learn to do that. Sometimes guys don't learn to do that. The momentum swings. The momentum swings in the game, when we got them, we took advantage of them. And when they got them on that interception, we were able to come right back and get the momentum back. So I think that people don't understand. That's a big part of learning how to be successful, too, and answering up in those situations. I was very proud of the guys in those situations. Very good point.
2: Coach, just uh, curious today. We're talking about offensive line play on both sides up here. How much did that impact the outcome of the game?
6: I thought it was pretty big. I thought, uh, you know, I didn't think we played well on the offensive line, in particular the first half. I thought we literally squandered the first half. And then Will Rogers
2: comes in for you and takes over at quarterback in the second half of the game and engineers a touchdown drive for you. I know he got some snaps at Kentucky, but what did you think about the way he handled things and ran your offense today?
6: I thought I thought he gave us a spark. I thought it was late, you know, a little late, but gave us a spark. Uh, uh, Will, that, that drive that Will had, uh, that uh, against when you consider... Uh, the quality team AM and m has, that, uh, that drive will had was uh, maybe as good as I've had a freshman, uh, especially a true freshman at his age, uh, have before.
12: Mike, what was Kylan Hill's availability today and what's his availability going forward? Uh, he was unavailable
6: today and, and um, he's unavailable today and, and I'm not sure on the future of that.
1: One other, at least looking at today's game, I know you still got to look at the film. But do you feel like K.J. is still your starter going forward? Or do you feel like that's something that needs to be evaluated over the bye week?
6: I think it needs to be evaluated, I think, you know, and we'll work, uh, uh, you know, we have the two weeks, so, you know, we'll sort that then. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it needs to be evaluated. Right, You know, right now we're one team on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. We're another team on Saturday. We, we, we have to... Uh, we have to be able to translate it to the field and it's uh if you think it's frustrating for you you can try it from my standpoint if you if you think it'll feel any better but um yeah that's i've had i've dealt with that before you know you got a young group you go out there and it looks one way and you think you can count on this count on this and you know there's several saturdays before it kicks into gear
3: I know it's a lot of football to kind of comb over, Mike. But you know, based on your career, is this as you know, much as you've seen an offense that you've coached struggle uh, anywhere you've been?
6: Uh yes, yes, it is. I think, and I also think the um, uh, you, like we're behind what I'd hoped we'd be. Um, <coughs> again, you see things in practice. You want you want to see us play well come to practice. Uh, uh but uh. You know, yeah, it has, and I also think, uh, you know, starting at camp, I think that that they had a little impact too. You know, so.
3: You mentioned offensive blocking is improved. How much time does a quarterback need in your system to get
8: rid of the football and make the air raid more effective?
6: Oh, I'm not sure what you said that I said, but um, the uh, no, I mean you you need three seconds. I mean, which that's not asking very much. I mean, uh, basically we're, we're not even, you know, there, there are plenty of times we didn't stop their feet and guys ran to the A and B gap.
7: All right, Chance. So this will be the, you know, the final time, unless something happens in the next week that we get to talk about these two teams, because they're both on a bye week coming up, but uh, man, it's just, you couldn't write a different story for each one. You know, we're talking about Texas A&M. They make, may, Go nine and one here on Mississippi State I mean I hate to say it but the way they're playing I wouldn't be stunned if they go one and nine you know so uh, I mean it's just uh it's just night and day difference here
1: yeah and, and like you said this that's the thing you don't know what happens behind the scenes especially when you got a new coach coming in that didn't recruit any of these guys you know maybe a couple of them but mm-hmm. it, it's that's that's tough and if you can't win your locker room over, You know, you're going to have problems like this. You're going to have meltdowns during games and and things like that. So, And and Leach is not – I mean, he doesn't come across as a personable guy. I I think he's a funny guy. I think he's got hilarious jokes. I like the way he talks. I like the way his brain works. But when you're talking about young athletes and and trying to win them over in the locker room, that's something Coach Leach has never been known to do. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe that's getting exposed. Now they're, they're having a rough go at it. You know, they've had a couple of losses here and, and a lot of fingers being pointed. And, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think, you know, it's a project. It's a project down there at Mississippi State, and there's going to be games. I think they can, they can be in any game they want, just because of the offensive playing calling and and just the dynamics of it. I still think they're they're a ways away. I, like all the rebuilds, I think they're further away than most teams. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. So that's all the games we got. Uh, so oh, real quick. Yes, uh, sir. Do you think Leach signed that uh, Highway Patrol officer that
7: tackled that protester? Did you see that one? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everybody that missed it. A couple of PETA uh, people ran out on the field protesting, and uh-huh. man, they didn't make it too far before they got
1: did not destroyed
7: man. and drug off the field. And oh, there's man. damn hot
1: videos out on this thing now.
7: <laughs> I, that is not a recommended way to get your point across. No. Well, last thing we got before we hop off here, what we do every uh, uh, every Monday show here? Guess the week lines here. And we've only got four this week, Shane. You ready to get to it? Let's do it. All right. First game on the docket here, Shane. Auburn at Ole Miss. What'd you have for this one? This
1: one I actually have as a pick 'em. I I, I just think uh, they're both going to be about the same.
7: Ooh. I said Ole Miss favored by three. I thought the Rebels would be favored, getting the home field advantage. Mhm. Check this out, Shane. Auburn minus six. Ooh. I think I know what game I'm betting. <laughs>
1: that means I won, right?
7: Yep. Yes, sir. You won that one. All right. Next one on the docket here, Shane. Alabama at yes. Tennessee. What'd you have for this one?
1: I sent you minus 93 and a half, Alabama. <laughs> but I got this a little earlier, so I brought it back down. I put uh, negative. I got a, a Alabama favor 28 and a half.
7: I said Alabama Favored by 24. Believe it or not, Shane, Alabama favored by only 17 at opening. Jeez. There you mm-hmm. go. I mean, mm, sneaky, huh. sneaky. Yeah, good game here. Is it supposed to be snowing or something? <laughs> <laughs> How many of them Crimson Tide players got COVID? Just kidding. Kentucky. Is it the elevation? <laughs> no, okay, sorry. Kentucky at Missouri. What do you got for this one?
1: Uh, I got Kentucky minus three.
7: I said Missouri minus two. Guess what it is, Shane? Kentucky favored by five. You win this one, too. Ooh, yeah, baby. All right, final game here. South Carolina at LSU. All of a sudden, this looks like a hell of a game. What'd you have for this one?
1: I think this is what I thought Vegas would
7: say is LSU favored by 13 and a half. I said LSU favored by five, and it opened as LSU- minus 7. So I won that one we split okay. this week, but hey, we've got so here we got 3 out of 4 touchdown or less. And then of course, Alabama-Tennessee rivalry game, if you can call it that, not really, but used to be one. <laughs> <laughs> uh hell, I mean even in these weeks when we don't got many games, we got we got plenty to get excited about here in the SEC, you know what? Absolutely,
1: man. It was a you know, it was a rough week for me, Mike, but it was a good week for a lot of people, um, you know, think about all the 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 upsets we had. Just, I mean, there wasn't that many games this week, and how many of them were top twenty five teams going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, it's any given Saturday. Um, I freaking love it. I, I know, uh, like, I, I keep. Man, I know I've been down, and I'm trying. I'm going to get over it. I think I need one more day, Mike. And I, I'm sorry for the listeners. I know I've been a little bit negative, Nellie. You know, I I'm, I am coming off a year of not smoking cigarettes and I almost risked it all after that <laughs> game Mike. I just about went you ever, I'd just go out and get a carton and just start going but I did not you know I stayed quit and uh, uh, just like uh, just like my volunteers did in the second half there but Mike it's, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this week uh, not, never a dull moment um, I'm looking forward and I, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more information to get to tomorrow so uh, if you made it this far grab you an apple product uh, iphone ipad whatever you got uh the five star ratings really do help us out uh we'll be able to send some of those uh, superstitious koozies your way after you get us a screenshot so.
7: <laughs> <laughs> hey they're working for arkansas and south carolina so that's
1: right hey that's they're, right. they're working
7: for some of us out there but uh
1: absolutely
7: yeah that's gonna do it shane thanks for joining me as always thanks everybody for tuning in we'll catch you on the next one
1: all right see you guys go balls
7: Ha, <laughs> ha,